If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell me about your family and your question. Thanks so much for taking my call, Joanne. Uh, My name is Terezina. I'm calling in from Ontario, Canada. Um, Love your show. I have a 11-year-old son, Theo, with type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed about 480 days ago. So it was uh, (laughs) July. Uh, I only know that because it's Diabetes Awareness Month. And uh, I kind of did the math. Yeah, got it. So yeah, he was 9, July 13th, 2021 is when Mm -hmm. he was diagnosed. And what question do you have for me, Terezina? Well, in Ontario, we can get on a pump, which is subsidized by the our, our medical uh, system in Ontario, a year after diagnosis, okay. which is nice to have that uh, subsidy. But I wish I had known how much easier life would have been on a pump a lot sooner. And my and Theo also knows that life is a lot better on the pump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's sleeping through the night. He's in range like 80% of the time, usually or higher. Wow, great. I'm sleeping. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he knows all this. We still have trouble getting the pump in. He wants to be in control. He wants to put the infusion set in himself. We're on the true steel with the tandem. And there have been many times where it's this vicious cycle where he'll put the needle kind of halfway in and then pull it out and then say he can't do it. And then he'll do this again and again, and he'll say it's too painful. Mm -hmm. And it it just spirals out of control. It turns into this is unfair. I shouldn't have to be doing this. Why did I get diabetes? Why doesn't Tandem make a pump that doesn't have to be changed every three days? And then eventually get to the point where I will offer to put the needle in for him. This is after a lot of validating his feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, agreeing with him, trying to remind him how brave he is and Mm -hmm. and how how well he's managing his diabetes and taking care of himself. But by that point, it's kind of off the rails. This happens pretty much every time. It's just me and him. More recently, his dad has learned how to do it too. And when even it's when the three of us, he'll go on for like an hour like this, name calling, blaming, and inevitably he gets it in. You know, he'll even threaten that he's not going to put it in. He's not going back to MDI. He's just not going to put any more insulin. And mm-hmm. he knows that's mm-hmm. not, yeah, that's he's not in a high state of distress. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, the insulin has been out of him for sometimes up to half an hour, an hour at this point. So his blood sugars are sometimes getting higher and higher too. Mm-hmm. Um, already, if we if we've already started at a high point as well, then you can then we see those moods are even worse. But what I have noticed is whenever there's friends around, like if if pump change day happens to have 
fall on a play date, or maybe there's a relative or one of our friends is around. And this never happens. None of this happens. Mm. He puts it in the first try and he Mm. carries on. There has been a couple of times where we've been time pressured uh, because we just realized we had to do a pump change right before school, right Mm -hmm. before he had to catch the bus. Mm -hmm. And it was just me and him. The anxiety was there. I gave him actually your breathing gift. Oh, uh-huh. I think so I found it on your... Yeah. And that, that helped actually. Great. He just stared at that. He knew that if he didn't do this, he was going to miss his bus. He was going to be late for school. Mm-hmm. And that really motivated him. But aside from, you know, one or two times where we've had that time crunch, it's just, I've got to block like an hour of my day to try and get him to put his new pump on. Oh, this sounds so painfully hard, Terezina. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So let's think about a few things. I do have some questions. First of all, I want to let listeners know that that, however you say it, GIF, I don't even know, is on my website (laughs) under the self-care package, I think. So if you sign up for my self-care package, there's some breathing exercises that you will get. So it's wonderful to hear how it's being used. Thank you. I'm curious about how he did on MDI. Because he was on MDI for a while. So how were those shots? What happened? I should have mentioned, he was a trooper right from the hospital. He started giving himself the insulin from like day two in the hospital. Uh, Finger poking himself. He is very independent. And as far as it goes, like as far as managing his diabetes, he's learning how to count carbs. He learned his ratios when we were on MDI and had to figure that stuff out without the pump. He has been amazing. So hang on, let me let me back up because I want to know. So I'm thinking two things at the same time. One is you have a child who really is independent, wants to do this himself, and he's bumping into a place where right now this is his edge, right? Putting in his pump is his edge. And he's not willing to cede control to you, it sounds like. He doesn't want you to do it. And it's really a growth edge for him. So this is a good way for us to conceptualize it because there's so much there that he's doing brilliantly at, right? And with all of our T1D kids, I mean, with all of our children, but with all of our T1D kids, there's always going to be an edge where they're, they're pushing into what they're capable of doing, whether that's putting in their pump or like dosing for lunch. I'm curious on MDI, did he have any of these reactions to giving shots? Did he do his own shots? He did his own. I did a lot of them when he was home, especially during Ontario had a lot of lockdowns during uh-huh. the pandemic. Yeah. So that was kind of an advantage because I was here to help him with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at school, he did it by himself. Okay. So that's interesting because he does well when he's, it sounds like when there's sort of performance, when it's performative, when he has people mm-hmm. watching him who are not you. So in some way, as painful as this all is, because it sounds horrific. What I want to notice for you is it's kind of like the kid who is really well behaved at school, but tantrums at home, like he's Mm -hmm. communicating that he can do it in the world. And when he's safe at home, he wants to tell you this big message about how profoundly hard this is for him. And it sounds like with his shots on MDI, he did it at school, right, where it was kind of performative and he had to show how brave he was. And at home, he let you do it. But maybe he wasn't doing it as much on his own at home. Was that true? He did do it. Like if I was, if I wasn't around, he uh-huh. would usually do it. Like he'd do it before his dad would do it or, you know, his mm. granddad, like he would rather do it. But for the most part, I think I probably did it at least 70 to 80% of the time at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
I have a few thoughts here. There's some piece inside of him that can do this. I would be wondering with him, I don't know what conversations you're having with him about it. So it's a question I have, but let me say this first and then we'll hear what you're, how you're talking with him about it. I would be wondering with him, what's the difference on the inside for him when he has a friend over or when he, there's a time crunch and he can do it himself. And it actually sounds like those are two different internal processes for him, right? When he has a friend over, he doesn't watch the little breathing gif. Right? Right. There's something inside of him that says something to him that allows him to muscle up and do it. And when he has the time crunch, there's another thing that muscles up. He shows some of the anxiety to you and you have a way to help him regulate. But I would be really curious what those experiences are for him. And if he can at all identify for you what the difference is on the inside for him between a normal pump change and these other situations. So I would be trying to really start a conversation with him about what those differences are with the eye with an eye on helping him to tap into whatever that capacity is when it's a normal quote unquote pump change. Does that make sense? Okay. So are there certain questions I could ask to get to that? Yeah. Yeah, so I would notice before the next pump change, like on day 1 and a half right? Because you've got three days. So I don't want to do it. I don't want you to have this conversation when it's heightened, right? Right after the pump change. And I don't want you to have this conversation right before the next pump change when he's already has raised anxiety. Because I don't know how well he's tracking it. But I want you to have this conversation with him at a mellow moment where you say to him, Hey, buddy, I'm really noticing how hard this is for you. And I'm noticing too that like when you have a friend over, you can do it. And when we have to get the bus, you can do it. And I'm wondering what's different. Mm -hmm. What is different about those moments for you that sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. And I'd see what he says. And if that GIF is helpful, I would be noticing anything that he is tapping into that makes for the difference and be talking to him and wondering with him how to make the next time easier. So I'm wondering, I'm going to pause here because I'm wondering what is the conversation you're having with him, if you are, about how to make mm-hmm. it easier the next time? What's that conversation look like? Well, first of all, the conversation is usually during the pump change. Ah, um, okay. Because, and right after, after he's finally done it and we're like, okay, so what was it that made you able to finally do it? Mm-hmm. What was it that made you prolong this for an hour? And, and I've noticed like he, he feels a lot of guilt and shame mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. two. And I don't know if it's what I'm saying or just by that point, we are both so upset that he, there's been times where he said, I don't want you to do this for me, mom, because I think you're going to hurt me because you're so upset. Mm-hmm. And that kills me, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I hate, I've, I've been in tears so many times just because of the pain I see him going through. And just the, mm-hmm. how exhausting it is. So yes, there's been questions like that. There's been right after the first poke, the first half poke, and I know he's going to pull it out again. I asked the question, why can't you, why couldn't you put it in just then? Why mm-hmm. did you pull it out? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm asking the right questions. Okay. Yeah. Let's slow this down. This is really good, important information. So one thing, Terezina, I think is important is to not have the conversation in that moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone's nervous system in that moment is totally hijacked. You're, it sounds like you're all kind of crazy. 
not mm-hmm. that you're actually crazy, but you're like all running on something that's not normal. You're not regulated, mm-hmm. any of you, it sounds like, or you and he are not. So don't talk about it then. For sure. You know what's going to happen. You're not going to get any clear answers or any good information. Right. One thing I want you to definitely do is be talking about it actually somewhat regularly when things are calm. So at day one and a half or day two, right, when you're Mm -hmm. snuggling in bed at night or when you have a really quiet moment, maybe when he's home from school and you're having snacks. So it's not as intimate a moment as snuggling in bed, right? Because you don't want to turn up the volume on his mm-hmm. nervous system. You want it at a moment where it's easier for him to just say, mm-hmm. I want to think with you about how to make this easier. And I just see mm-hmm. that you're struggling so much. And I know that you can do it. We both know you can do it. So what's the difference between when you can and when you can't? What are you saying to yourself? What can we help you with? And just, I think you need to start the conversation and okay. see what he comes up with, right? Because at this point, we have literally no idea what the difference is from his perspective about the experience. Like we have an idea, like it's performative. He can do it if there's a time crunch, which let me just name that that's amazing, right? Because there's some Mm -hmm. kids who would pull it all the way out. He'd miss the bus. You'd have to drive him to school, the whole thing, right? So he can do it, right? We're going to take a quick break and be back with more answers. Right now, your child's type one diagnosis feels like the biggest blow ever. You feel worried for their health and watchful all the time of pretty much everything, blood sugar, food, exercise. If your child was diagnosed in the last year and you want to get back to the calm and sturdy parent you were before diagnosis, the place to start is with Sweet Talks After Diagnosis coaching program designed just for parents like you by me, a fellow T1D mom and experienced therapist and diabetes coach. After diagnosis will help you find a faster path to calm. When you're doing better with diabetes, your child will do better too. To find out more, go to diabetessweettalk.courses. I also think asking these questions when he's in it, in this heightened place, like, why didn't you put that in? Like, what are going to amp up his sense of shame, right? Because it sounds like you're doing a beautiful job of validating it and you're incredibly frustrated. So both of those things are happening at the same time. And what I want to say to you is, I think you need to leave a little bit more. I think you need to actually, this is important on so many levels, Terezina. I know there's a lot of guilt as a mom, right? Like I see you tearing up, right? And I have the same thing. We we physically hurt our children with diabetes and we don't want to, and we don't have a choice. And so our idea is we're going to stay alongside them. I'm sorry. He needed to know how many carbs were in a burrito with chili. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, that's adorable. So there's a sense of guilt we have. And so the way that we manage that guilt is that we want to stay alongside them. We want to be near them. We want to communicate to them. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. But you're there in a very dysregulated place. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing, the absolute best thing you can do for him and for you is to be in a more regulated place because he's getting more dysregulated as you're getting more dysregulated. I'm not saying that he wouldn't also be dysregulated because he has to put the pump in, but it's not helping. You guys are amping each other up. One thing I want to suggest to you is that when things start getting hot, if you are a four out of 10 on your dysregulation Mm -hmm. scale, I want you to say, you know what? I am noticing that I'm not able to help you because it's I'm having trouble. So I need a break. 
I'm just going to go for 10 minutes and I will be back once I feel calmer because I want to be able to support you and take a break. Because what you're modeling for him, in addition to helping de-escalate the situation, you are modeling for him that one can do that, that he can take a break, which is something else I wonder if he needs a break, if he needs distraction, it sounds like he needs some mindfulness, right? Like that gift that, that there's a setup here that mindfulness might be helpful. But for you, I'm going to suggest don't get hooked in. When it's starting to amp up, just notice inside yourself what happens. Your heart rate goes up, your fists are clenched, you're feeling really angry. I used to feel really like I feel flashes of heat. And then I know mm-hmm. like I need to step away. I'm no longer serving my family very well. How does that, how does that feel? Yeah, I think those are really good tips. And there have been times when he's actually chosen. Well, I don't know if he chose to, but he's pretty much said, I'm not going to do this. And he has walked away for 10, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Right. And he comes back and it sometimes has to happen a few times, Mm -hmm. but, and I've only, I think only once or twice have I actually removed myself. And it was actually in the hope that if I wasn't there watching, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it would be easier. Yep. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, it was once. It was once. Yeah. I actually wondered that too. If there's a yeah. way that you guys, that he needs actually a lot more personal space to be able to do this. Yeah. And there's something, cause it's clear to me that there's something about you being there that gives him a lot of room and permission for this distress. So the other thing I want to say, Terezina, is you've got a superhero of a child, right? (laughs) Who's, who's muscling his way through. Like he's put on his armor and he's saying, I can do it. I'm going to do all of it. I am a superhero. And he's telling you, actually, this isn't as easy for me as it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the moment I'm going to tell you this when it's at like a 10 out of 10 of distress, but I want you to make more room for that distress at other times. He needs to be able to talk about how much he hates diabetes, how terrible it is for him, how he wants, you know, if you have unfair it feels. And it sounds like you know just how to validate that, which is gorgeous. But I want that conversation to be able to happen, not at moments of high distress, that he has permission to hate diabetes and feel like it's unfair just because he has to put information into the pump. Not because he has to put the pump on, just because, you know, he has to talk to you about a burrito and he doesn't want to right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And I'm going to okay. suggest that you open that, that when you talk to him about what's the difference, like why does it work here and not work here? What happens? How could you help him? That you also say, and I really think this is so hard for you. Like, so I'd be actually talking about that a little more to give him more permission to say how hard it is for him. Cause he's really trying so hard to make it seem like it's not hard for him. Yeah. Those are really good tips. Yeah. Okay, we'll try that. Tomorrow is pump change day. So we'll try that today. Yeah, talk to him today, right? He's eating burrito. He's nice and calm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious how, where this feels like you're going to run into yourself, right? Like as parents, we have moments where it's like, it's hard for us internally. And I just wonder which of these things, any of these things feel like they hit as like, oh, that's hard. Or maybe not. Uh well, I guess a part, a big part of it too is his little brother. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's always, it's, it just feels like it's always about Theo's needs. Mm-hmm. What is he eating? How many 
how many units of insulin does he need? It's gotten to the point where his little brother will run out of the house when it's pump change day. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, and, and I also know that he doesn't want to, I have to, I have brought up diabetes in kind of random moments. And it's like, he just doesn't want to talk about it all the time, right? He just doesn't want it to always be what we're talking about and what we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. So I guess that might be a spot where it might, it may not feel natural for me to bring it up. Mm-hmm. We're not in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really helpful. And actually, honestly, I'm thinking you would be a really good candidate for my um, put diabetes in its place course, which is mm-hmm. coming sometime <laughs> in 2023, because we work on skills like this to help parents figure out how, for example, to do that dance about, I mean, you work on whatever is best for you, but how to do that dance about, you know, when are you talking to your kid about it and how much? So I would, and I think that that's a really honest problem. Like he wants to be a normal kid. So that's Mm -hmm. his way of communicating to you. Like I'm a superhero, but enough already. So Mm -hmm. you see a few places where there are boundaries where he's saying enough already. One is he doesn't want to talk about it or you're getting that feeling. I'm not quite sure how that's communicated. And he has trouble with pump changes. I would name that. I'd say, I'm with you here, Theo. I don't want to talk about this either. I don't want this to be the thing that runs our life. I want you to have a totally normal, joyous childhood, however you want to say that to him. And I'm noticing that this has been so hard for everybody, but especially for you. And so I think we need a strategy and we need to be talking a little bit about what's happening for you because I think it is really hard for you to have diabetes. And this is the way that it's showing up, right? In these pump changes. Because I think saying something like that gives a little bit of room for his experience. And then in terms of his younger brother, I think saying the same thing to him. Like, hey, I don't know his name. Hey, sweetie, I know that this is miserably hard for you. And this last year and a half has been sucked up by this terrible thing that got landed on Theo. And it makes you feel, I'm sure, like there's not enough room for you. I would just name it. And then see what he see what the responses are, but also see if you can create time, which is hard in the beginning, but create time for that second. I, I used to do a, um, I sometimes do a workshop, a free webinar called the other sibling, right? Oh, because awesome. they, they just don't get our attention in the same way, right? So yeah. some of it's about naming it and some of it's about carving out time. Okay. You know, the same way you did when they were three and you hated to play trains, but you'd sit on the floor with them and play trains yeah. for 10 minutes because that's what they needed. So it's really yeah. the same thing in an older model. Okay. How's that okay. all land for you, Terezina? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really appreciative. And actually, Theo does have a, a psychotherapist that he talks to less frequently now, which I have to say has been incredible for yeah. any parent with a type one going through this. I, I highly recommend that. It has been very helpful as well. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, I think you should definitely email me or call me once this is done and tell me if you've you've been able to create some change. And you could even come back on the show and we could re-brainstorm about what we're seeing next if there continue to be challenges. But I think you have a lot of tools here maybe to help to create some shift. Yeah. I really like these ideas. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You've got questions? 
I've got answers. If you want to get some help with the emotional and parenting challenges you're facing with navigating diabetes management for your kid, go to www.diabetesweettalk.com and click on the banner at the top of the page to register for a live recording session. I'm looking forward to helping you with whatever your diabetes challenge is. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.